Welcome to UBP's Investment Outlook 2024. This series of six episodes will explore UBP's key convictions for the upcoming year. We will be covering topics such as the economic environment, our main plays, as well as a specific risk. I'm your host, Robert Wibberley, from UBP's Group Communications. The focus of this episode is on risks, or should I say, one risk in particular. In our investment outlook, we state that one of the biggest unanticipated risks for 2024 is a return to 2016-style political disorder. I'm joined by Norman Billiman, UBP's Group Chief Strategist, who will be our guide to what this risk is, what could be its implications, and what it means for the investment landscape. Morning, Norman. Morning. With so many risks we've seen emerge over the past years, wars, bank failures, dramatic changes in interest rates, why is the re-election of Donald Trump your biggest concern? Yeah, we think that the regional conflicts that we've seen, obviously in places like Ukraine and Israel more recently, but even a bit more under the radar for global investors in places like West Africa and Nagorno-Karabakh, combined with some of the stresses we're seeing in European and U.S. banks, these are all signs that a new world as well as economic order is starting to take shape. Well, what do you mean by new world and economic order? Well, what was the old order? Well, the old order was one in which effectively the U.S. was not only the policeman of the world, but they were also the banker into the world. So you remember going back to the 1990s when Mexico had a problem, the U.S. came in, helped them restructure, mm-hmm. bail it out. When Asia had a problem, the U.S. through the IMF did the same thing to help out Korea, Indonesia, and Thailand. And then through that period as well, you would see the U.S. on many military interventions uh, around the world, Latin America, Africa, the Middle East, as well as Asia. But something new is now taking place because the U.S. doesn't really have the resources uh, to do both of those roles going forward. So they're stepping back from that role. And then there's a new economic order coming in or new world and economic order coming in. So what is that? Well, it's still being shaped right now. But what we do know is, one, the U.S. is stepping back really because, one, financially the Americans are struggling. Uh, the U.S. deficit is now reaching $2 trillion. Um, and even by their own estimates, it'll be $2 trillion to uh, uh, the end of the decade. Uh, what is that as a percentage? About 8% of GDP. 8%, okay. Um, and at $2 trillion, that's the largest deficit as a percent of GDP we've seen one outside of recession and outside of wartime since World War II. And so these are fairly big numbers that the U.S. has to confront and they're confronting it with a fairly divided domestic population. So the domestic population isn't agreed upon on what should be their priorities domestically, let alone around the world. And that's making it very hard for the U.S. to commit to, if we're honest, areas of the world that a lot of Americans don't know about. Could we say that the political focus is more on domestic population now than on the global? I think that's fair. And I think a good way to think about it is When resources were plenty in the United States, Americans were happy to venture outside. As resources are becoming increasingly constrained, harder choices need to be made. Um, And I think that's what the United States is now confronting. But if the U.S. is now confronting this, 
Why is the re-election of Donald Trump the biggest concern? Well, we think the concern of the re-election of Donald Trump is he has the potential to accelerate this transition that's already underway, both financially as well as in terms of the reordering of the geopolitical order that we see going forward. So what areas of the transition may accelerate? Well, we think one of the most important areas, especially from an investor's perspective, is this trend towards deglobalization. And so you'll remember in 2017, under the first Donald Trump administration, he began a very large trade war with China. Yeah. Prior to that, China was accounting for as much as 25% of all imports into the United States. And was it growing? Um, those numbers were growing, but once he put the tariffs on, they began shrinking, as you would expect, as companies tried to avoid those tariffs. And today, even under Joe Biden, is continued shrinking and is now below 15% share of imports into the United States. So this deglobalization process has actually moved very, very quickly. And, and has it stopped since Trump has left office? It hasn't. And it's increased. As I mentioned, we're at about 15% or a little bit less of every import in the United States now is coming from China. To put that into context, that's about where China was when they first entered the WTO at the turn of the century. So if you like, the 15 years from 2001 to 2017, they were able to gain share to get to 25%. In really only about six years, they've lost those gains. And that's how rapidly this process of deglobalization is taking place. And do you see any other area of the transition that may accelerate? Well, we think the fiscal uh, constraints are going to potentially accelerate under Donald Trump. So as we mentioned earlier, the U.S. is running $2 trillion worth of deficits today. So that means they're spending more. They're spending $2 trillion more than they take in in taxes. And historically, the U.S. has done this. Uh, they're uh, the world's reserve currency, so that means everybody is willing to loan them money. Historically, it hasn't been a big deal. But at 8% of GDP, $2 trillion for the global economy ends up being a lot of money. The challenge under Donald Trump, he has already outlined some of the things that he would likely do. One of them, as he did in his first term, is potentially cut taxes again. And that would expand the deficit once again. Because Biden has raised taxes or? Biden has not raised taxes. Um, uh, the taxes, the tax regime remains largely intact from under Donald Trump. So Trump would just cut taxes even more. He would cut them even more. And then potentially, again, he would also uh, drive increased spending into certain areas of the economy that haven't benefited under the current president. And would he rein in the areas that have benefited under the current president? We think there are some areas he would rein in, but they would be really from a more regulatory perspective. So, for example, um, what we've seen again under the first Trump administration, uh, uh, then President Donald Trump uh, tended to go after segments of the economy that didn't support his presidency. So in this new realm of a second term of Donald Trump, one area where we think you would see a lot more regulatory uh, interference may be in among the big tech sectors, uh, where social media has not been kind 
to the uh, the past president. Are there any areas of the transition that might actually fragment? We we think there's a, there would be potentially a significant one. Again, one of the things we saw under the first Trump administration is, if we're honest, the U.S. didn't have that many allies. Um, Japan was a reasonably reliable ally, but the stalwarts, the Europeans, they really struggled to align themselves with the United States. We think if you get a second Trump presidency, a lot of the repair that has taken place under the Biden administration on the continent with NATO, a lot of the strengthening and new alliances that have been built uh, in East Asia and South Asia with India, Australia, the Philippines, and Japan, you could start to see those alliances start to fray once again and really creating an opportunity for uh, China. And then would there be new alliances built? Well, we think a new alliance is starting to be built and really led by China. It's generally referred to today as the Global South. And so this is uh, countries like China and Russia. Saudi Arabia has expressed an interest. Uh, nations in, uh, in South America have expressed an interest. South Africa. Larger nations in the emerging world basically seeking a counterbalance to what they see as American dominance uh, in the global economy. And so if you see American alliances start to fray, this would create an opportunity for this Global South Alliance to get greater traction and uh, really start to grow uh, going forward. And what does this mean for investors? Well, I think it really means two things for investors. One, in an environment that is already very uncertain, as we've experienced over the last two years, that level of uncertainty could increase even more dramatically under uh, the new president. If that happens, what investors are going to need to focus on is, one, much more active risk management and looking for assets that really lay a foundation for capital preservation in their portfolios. And we think gold is one asset that would fit very nicely into that framework under this risk scenario of a second term for Donald Trump in 2024. Question for myself. Um, so we talk about there being a soft landing this year. Mm -hmm. um, would it influence in any way the outlook as to whether we'd have a soft landing or whether we'd go into recession or, or the tax cuts would actually stimulate economy? It would, it, it would, I wouldn't say it would guarantee a soft landing, but it would increase the probabilities um, because you would get an acceleration of spending. Um, people would anticipate the acceleration in spending, and so they would feel a bit more comfortable. I know I'm going to get tax cut. I know I'm going to get, um, you know, something next year, and so I feel better. Uh, you would uh, the the way I would characterize it, the term I would use, you would have an inflationary boom because inflation it's okay, but it hasn't gone all the way back down, right. and then you've just stepped on the gas again because Biden has been stepping down on the gas for the last three years before his, with the Inflation Reduction Act and mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And that's why the U.S. economy keeps holding up. Yeah. And so the Federal Reserve has been trying to lean against that. Um, and from an economic perspective, hasn't been successful. And then now they're saying, meaning the Federal Reserve, okay, maybe we've done enough, let's see. And then if you have someone stepping on the gas again, in a sense, you worry all of their work goes for naught.
Yeah, and I guess if you to step on the gas could lead to higher inflation. This is exactly what happened in 2017. So Trump cut taxes. I think it was about a trillion dollars. He he reduced taxes, and the Fed started raising rates to try and offset. But they couldn't do it fast enough because everyone's like, wow, I got money. And so the economy did very well and inflation started going up. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to explore more of our insights, please tune in to our Spotify channel or go to upp.com. Mm-hmm.